this is Contra Radio from Contra.Scot. Hello and welcome to the Sunday Salmon with me, David Jameson, editor of Contra.Scot. Like good old school Presbyterians, we hold two sermons on the Sabbath, but one's just for Patreon subscribers, and you can join them over at patreon.com forward slash Scott. It's party conference season again, and if you're in Scotland, there's only one party conference worth mentioning, which is of course the Scottish National Party Conference, being held as it very often is just about as far from the party membership as its leaders can possibly go, which is a big old warehouse outside of Aberdeen. I should say I've been to many SNP conferences as a journalist over the years, some of them in the present venue, a hideous barn that would suck the life out of even a lively event. But in recent years, SNP conferences have been anything but lively. When I attended a conference in 2015, the event was chaotic, bustling, eccentric, Its class character was notably different from today. More working class, fewer nerdy politicos and careerists, and somewhat younger as well. The audiences at the speeches of leading SNP politicians, I'd say, have visibly shrunk. I've heard the party has had to advertise to non-delegate SNP members in the Aberdeenshire area to attend the First Minister's speech, simply to avoid the embarrassment of empty seats. There's something really wrong about all this. This is, after all, supposed to be the very height of a campaign for Scottish independence, the vote scheduled for just about this time next year. No conference held in September 2013 felt like this, let alone the conference of the Party of Independence. Leading party figures have had very little to say about independence at the conference. Ian Blackford, Westminster leader, said nothing about the Scottish Government's bid to secure the right to a legal referendum in the Supreme Court despite the fact that that court case goes underway in just a few days. Mike Russell, who's the party president and is at least in theory in charge of the party's independence campaign, says he won't get bogged down on the question of a so-called de facto referendum. This was the SNP's big announcement in the summer, when it was claimed that if the SNP couldn't secure a legal referendum through the UK Supreme Court, and everyone assumes that they will not be able to do this, then the party will proceed to the next general election with just one issue in their manifesto, Scottish independence. This would therefore be a de facto referendum on independence, and the First Minister has said that her party would need to achieve 50% of the votes in that election to create a mandate for independence. It was greeted by many, even people who are critics uh, of the First Minister and her handling of the independence cause, as a breakthrough in independence strategy. But in the coming days, it became clear just how confused this approach was. That it would only deliver a so-called mandate, not independence, because the party would never walk away from the British state without independence being secured through legal and constitutional means. So all the SNP had arrived at, in terms of strategy, was yet another mandate to add to their numerous mandates already secured through numerous elections. Except this time, to secure that mandate, they would need to win half of all the votes cast in an election. An incredibly high bar. But never mind that, really, because from a glance at the conference, 
it looks like the SNP leadership is once again rowing back from the already very thin and insubstantial promises they have made. Nicola Sturgeon has said that the so-called de facto referendum would be a last resort. Angus Robertson, who must still be tipped to be the next leader of the SNP when Nicola Sturgeon leaves, has distanced himself even more aggressively from the policy, saying that there will need to be a referendum sooner or later, since younger generations in particular increasingly desire independence. This is the old rhetoric of independence by demographic evolution. It's a very far cry from what we were told just months ago, that basically there would be an independence referendum either next year or the year after. Now we're being told it's a generations game. And to top it all off, delegates at this year's conference weren't even told the basics of the economics of the case for independence. Instead, Nicola Sturgeon will be releasing a paper on the economic case after the conference, conveniently, meaning it doesn't need to be debated on the conference floor, and there won't need to be, as there were a few years ago, embarrassments for the leadership when it becomes apparent that the membership doesn't agree with sterlingisation and desires an independent currency. So here's what I think we are with Scottish independence. We're at ground zero. There isn't going to be an independence referendum next year, There won't be a meaningful vote on independence at a general election when the next general election takes place, whether that's next year or the year after. There is no campaign. There's nothing at the SNP conference this year to suggest there's a campaign. There are no policies, no slogans, there's no infrastructure, there's no headquarters, there's no staff, there's not even the money, famously. Hundreds of thousands of pounds raised by the SNP expressly to wage a campaign for Scottish independence, has already been spent on routine party activities. There is simply nothing there. And on the one hand, I can see why that fills supporters of independence with melancholy. I can see why it causes such frustrations. But I think it does at least have one upside, which is this. Years from now, if we get another chance for an independence campaign, I think we need to construct it very, very differently from the one that we've had in recent years. This year's long debacle of the SNP leadership and its non-attempts at Scottish independence should teach us some lessons. Two lessons, I think, above all. Here's the first. We need organisations which are not tied to the SNP. It is completely obvious today why the SNP was so determined to shut down all of the institutions of the independence movement that weren't the SNP, why they were so determined to centralise the cause into one political party and into a Green Party who they have subsumed into the Scottish government as well and who they now basically treat as glove puppets. The lack of independent institutions, of democratic organisations outside of the Scottish National Party or at least of robust mass organisations of that kind, meant that when the SNP reduced the independence cause to just a vote-getting machine, there was no other organised centre of resistance or organised centre which could pick up the cause and carry it forward. That was a major mistake. The second is intimately connected to the first. We need to have a strategy and a programme that isn't tied to the legitimacy of the British state or transnational institutions who we will require to recognise Scottish independence. The big centres of power around the world, whether they are the Bank of England, the European Union or the North Atlantic Treaty Organisation, 
are all militantly opposed to Scottish independence, and they cannot be won round, no matter how much people like Stuart Macdonald and Alan Smith and Angus Robertson protest that Scotland will be a little toady to the United States and the EU and to the London financial markets, no matter how much we beg and scrape and grovel, it will never, ever be enough. And that at root is a big part of why the SNP leadership isn't proceeding with independence. They will never do it without the permission of the big boys in the playground. When you build an independence movement to make it acceptable in the eyes of the powerful, you are building something which is weak and puny and can be crushed in an instant. I think history will record that the SNP leadership give us the perfect example of the type of politics, the type of political force, which quite simply cannot lead to the rupture of Scottish independence. What the SNP leaders have constructed is insufficient to task in every conceivable way. It is not going to deliver independence. And if people are dedicated to that cause, they need to radically reconsider what we've been doing. 